Hello and welcome everyone to episode lucky number 13 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I am Jake and I am joined today by co-host Will and Spicer. Thank you both very much for coming on. Starting with you, Will, what's going on? It's been a bit. How uh, how you doing? What's new? I'm good. I've been good. I've been playing some more VGC. I don't get to play as much as I'd like, but I try and make a goal every month to at least get the Master Ball, just get those rewards, make it a little bit easier the next month to climb back up. And hopefully one of these months will have time to actually like really grind it and push through Master Ball. So I was able to get it uh, the other day. So two months in a row, feeling happy about that. Um, I don't know if I love the team I built, so I'm probably going to make some changes to it. But it was good enough. So go me. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's what it's all about. You know, figure out what it does well into, what it doesn't do well into, make the changes, and, and then you go. But the cool. Yeah. We have a new ladder going to be setting up here momentarily. So definitely get to Master Ball because those ability patches are very, very nice. Yeah, that was mostly what's driving it. Like I know getting to Master Ball is really just a bit of a grind and like, are you getting the right matchups in Ultra Ball to get the winning streak you need? But as I'm like looking at the calendar and I'm like, I really got to hit that win streak before the end of the month or I'm going to miss out on some good shit. It's getting a little stressful. So true. And it's funny you bring up Ultra Ball. For, for anyone out there who may be struggling in Great Ball or Ultra Ball, and if you get defeated and you're like, man, how am I ever going to perform in Master Ball? I can guarantee you the games that you are playing in Great Ball and Ultra Ball will probably be more difficult than some of the games you play in Master Ball just because you have to have that win streak. You got to make sure that you have the matchup is going well. And there's like, it feels like there's more on the line because you're just trying to get to Master Ball so much as opposed to once you actually get there, then you just rank up and right down, but you never actually fall out of Master Ball. So I remember, you know, trying to grind through it and it's just, it feels like it's a slog and you're just like, am I even good at this game anymore? But you'll get there, I'm sure. Yeah, and you also see weird shit. Like I kept running into Explosion Garganackle and it caught me off guard every time. And I was like, is this really a thing that's happening over and over again? I ran into like a handful of them. That's crazy. Yeah, the ladder's been wild for sure. But also joining us is Spicer. Uh, Spicer, what's new with you? You're in a new apartment this week. Very exciting. Yes, I am. And now I don't have anything else to talk about. Um, <clears throat> it's very exciting. Who doesn't love moving? It's the best. It's got uh, so much stuff I can't wait to unpack and organize. Uh, other than that, I just... Uh, just been playing some showdown ladder when I get the chance, which is basically just in a when I'm on a break, uh, you know, between moving boxes or, you know, on the toilet or wherever. I don't know if we needed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Gen 3 and subsequently Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire started with you moving. So perhaps this is the beginning of some fantastic journey that you're about to go on. Exactly. I just move in order to get in the pokey mood. That's smart. That's, and that's also, um, Thrill, I'm proud of you. You know, Good job. I'm here for it. Got a Master Ball, you know. Some people say, you know what, I don't care you got to Master Ball. Shut up. Well, to them, I say shut up. 
because, you know, not everybody has uh, all the time in the world to play Pokemon, okay? Some of us have uh, three kids or a bearded dragon, you know, got stuff to do. Got I appreciate that. I mostly do it for your <laughs> approval, so this is really validating for me. Okay, well, then you have my approval. I hope you feel fulfilled. That was that was very kind, both of you. But yeah, no, that's that's good, Spicer. Like I said, you know, very happy to uh, move. Hopefully, you're you know get get all settled and whatnot. And uh, anything else Pokemon related? Any like teams you've been doing? Because you were on. Uh, are you doing like that thing at the was the Luxor? Yeah, the HyperX Arena. We were gonna have right. something for Pokemon Day, but I think. They had some other thing like a Super Smash Brothers tournament scheduled, so they couldn't do it. Uh, but we're on for next week and looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, I've been playing some weird teams. I, I like always do weird stuff. Uh, maybe it's ADHD. I don't know. But it's, it's this too much Disquake. I know Thrill tells me you do Disquake too much, Spicer. It's old. I don't care anymore. And uh, I, you know, I'm trying to step away from it, trying to broaden my horizons. I got something going on right now that's like a mixed B tier thing where I got a slow mode with like Gothitelle and Mudsdale and that fast mode with just uh, priority ma attacks and Ice Spinner to make sure I can use them. I've like joked about it before with you, but I love watching your team building process because it always starts with something like relatively normal and meta. And then like a couple of days later, the next pace comes out and it's like, oh, that's a weird mon. Okay, cool. That might work. Fast forward like five days and something has bright powder. There's this quick somewhere. <laughs> something has telepathy. And I'm like, yep, we've reached Spicer's final form on this team. It's true. I'm guilty. <laughs> no, it is. It is fun. And also Mudsdale. You piqued my interest on that. I'm I'm curious to see how that goes because I think that that could be very good right now based on all the all the Pokemon that are out there. Uh, I just like Mudsdale. Um, it's not bad. It's got great stats. Its mm -hmm. special attack is low. It's pretty min max. Its yeah. speed is way low, so it can abuse a lot of things in Trick Room. Um, yeah, I've been messing with some stuff like I did Lumberry. I did Quick Claw, which is a very spicy thing to do. <laughs> Yep. when it works it's spicy i had a salt vest and i was running like high horsepower rock slide low kick and fissure i mean it kind of all started out because i wanted something with an oko move and there's not many right now besides like king gambit and mudsdale and garganical and um and then i also just i was in the mood to just really hate iron hands you know mm -hmm. you know when you just get wrecked by it over and over and you're like i want to see it die so yep. you just start playing a mudsdale and now you're got you're not worried about iron hands but now my whole team has got a little bit of a bundle problem i'm working on it okay well that'll be good i'm uh, i'm curious to see how it all goes for me i think uh in vgc right now or just like in pokemon in general um, i've been doing a lot of stuff with a new draft league that is starting that I am a co-commissioner of. I'm not playing in it, but I'm just the, the co-commissioner of. You two, of course, are very well aware. I'm working with Swamp on this, um, another member of the BGC Trainer School community. So it'll be very fun to see how that all plays out. It's a very, very big undertaking with you know, 32 teams split into two different divisions. So it should be a good time to see how that all plays out. 
I'm playing a little bit of VGC here and there, but really just trying to find that next new team that I want to play because I built a couple teams early on and I think I sort of stepped away from the ladder a little bit and from some you know, tournaments and whatnot. And I think the teams that I have are a little outdated. So I want to find something new, you know, just to see what is, what's out there. So I've been playing with a little bit of Dondozo and some you know, Fluttermane, Iron Moth and whatnot. It's been fun. It's been fun. Are you a Dozo Bozo now? I wouldn't go that far, but it is very good. Just dabbling in the Bozo? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, it's it's like it's like minimal dozo at this point. It's because it's it's one of those Pokemon, right? That it just it feels weird to tell myself I'm only gonna have one Pokemon on the field against two others and be okay with that. But then it's like, oh, this is a dragon type, uh, Terra, and okay, that actually does work into their team. Oh, cool. It doesn't matter if I get put to sleep because I'm so bulky that I'll just like wake up eventually and be fine. And I have leftovers. And so it's it's definitely turned me into a little bit of like, I'm figuring out how it works, as opposed to when I initially started playing the team, I was picking the other four mons as opposed to Tatsugiri and Dondozo. And now I'm like, okay, this is a matchup that would work, which is kind of neat to see how that all plays out. Indubitably. But all right, for this episode, let's get into it because we have quite a bit to cover um, so let's cover the agenda for today. Of course, we're going to cover some news to begin with, and then we're going to jump into the topic, which is going to be recapping two, count them, two regionals that happened over this past weekend, one in Germany and the other here in the United States. Uh, but first, let's jump into that news, because for those that don't know, there was a Pokemon Presents that happened and Pokemon Presents, of course, on Pokemon Day, February 27th, the anniversary of Pokemon Red and Green being released in Japan. They always do something big to sh let us know what the upcoming year of Pokemon will be. And a lot of stuff was covered. Not everything we're going to cover here. I highly suggest everybody get a good night's sleep, though, because Pokemon Sleep uh, is going to be very popular. So just make sure that you are ready for that. But the big stuff, um, I'll take this first one here from the Pokemon Presents, is that DLC is coming. And that's something that we all had an idea was going to be there, but it was finally confirmed. The interesting piece is that it's not slated until fall and winter of 2023. So we'll cover these more later on as the year goes, because they are actually coming after the World Championships. Now, we don't have specific dates on those, but the fact that it's fall, we think is going to be happening after August 11th through the 13th, which was the new confirmed date for the World Championships will be taking place in Japan uh, for the first time, which is going to be really great. I'm sure it's going to be a massive celebration for Pokemon and for VGC and Pokemon Unite and Pokemon Go and Pokemon TCG, of course. So I'm very excited to see that, but looks like we're not going to have a DLC until after that kicks off. So we'll see what happens. Um, so, Will, you want to take this next one? What happens if you pre-order that DLC? If you pre-order the DLC, the most important thing is you get access to new outfits in your game. Um, they are, are all kind of bad also, unfortunately. <laughs> 
but yeah, you at least have more bad options to pick from. I mean, and at least they look better in violet. That's true. The violet ones definitely do look better than the scarlet ones. Um, still not very good. We finally got a win. Maybe we don't have the good Paradox Pokemon, but we have the better clothing options. That's true, which is really all that counts, right? Because you can get the other Paradox mods. You can't get the other clothing options. Right, right. Uh, in addition to the clothes, if you care about actual Pokemon, I guess, you can get <laughs> a Hisuian Zoroark and a Cherish Ball. Um, it's kind of cool. I always thought it was a cool-looking Pokemon when they released it in Legends Arceus. It's not VGC legal right now, but... It's cool. It'll presumably be VGC legal once home compatibility drops. Um, if you don't know, Hisuian Zorak has really cool typing. It's normal ghost, which gives it three immunities to ghost, normal, and fighting. Only one weakness to dark. Um, it has the same illusion ability that the normal Zorak does. So cool Pokemon. It's probably not going to be metagame changing, but probably fun to use i'm sure it'll be at least fun to troll people with illusion yeah i'm i'm interested to see how that's going to play out because i mean normal ghost is such an interesting type giving it access to a couple pretty cool moves um bitter malice is its signature move and i think it's 75 base power and either has a chance to or it's 100 confirmed to lower the attack stat of the opponent pokemon which you know that's not a that's not bad for a secondary effect on a pretty high base power attack that does get stabbed mm -hmm. so maybe there's I, something there i can confirm that it is 100 percent confirmed nice okay cool so that's that's better than chilling water not that anybody's running that but i don't know it's it's got some good speed too it got some good special attack maybe there's something there and immune to fake out which is nice yeah, I think the issue is you probably have to use a focus sash with it because it is really frail. But yeah, whatever, mm -hmm. that's fine. Probably yeah. cool ways to use it still. Very true. Yeah, and uh, it's really nice to be a ghost type and use a sash though, because then you miss those extreme speeds and fake outs, obviously. True. But uh, I think the gimmick is hilarious, and I'll definitely be using it when it comes out. Yeah, that sounds about right. Also, one of the coolest ways that they teased that pokemon with like the found footage that they was like all scrambled in the beginning but then it was like cleaned up later on a couple you know a few days later a week later or whatever it was and then you saw like the the white and the red on the zoroark and they're like what is this that was i was i was a big fan of that for sure yeah that was really yeah. cool i was scared <laughs> it also has a really nice shiny too i caught one in arceus that i've been waiting to transfer over nice if you haven't seen it, check it out. Isn't it like blue or purple where it's normally red? Yeah, it's purple. It's like a nice bright purple. That's cool. I, I like how it looks like it kind of looks like blood on snow with its normal colors. Um, well, cool. All right. Well, in addition to getting Hisui and Zoroark in the DLC, there are some other new Pokemon that were announced and are available in Scarlet and Violet right now. So, Spice, are you going to take this one? Uh, yeah, so Pokemon Day gave us two brand new Pokemon. Um, as you've all probably heard, Walking Wake and Iron Leaves uh, for their respective games. Obviously, the Iron one is for Violet because they were feeling less creative for that game. <laughs> and then uh, despite being in five-star raids, you can only catch one per save file. That 
is that is cool, I guess. Uh, and they're not legal in VGC for everybody who's hoping that. But uh, they do look really cool, um, yeah. especially one of them. <laughs> but, uh, harsh. So harsh. <laughs> yeah, walking know, wake is sick. It really it, is. It's like a tentacled, like, velociraptor Suicune. Like, mm -hmm. nobody asked for this, but we're all glad to have it. And then Iron Leaves is a thing. Yeah, it's just the robot Verizion. Yeah. And then what bothers me, and like, so the, they are shiny locked. So you can't just, you can't find the shinies of these. But people have figured out how to do the shinies of them. And it's not shiny Verizion. Like, it's cool that it's like the the silver with pink and whatnot. But like, you'd think that it would just been, would have been shiny Verizion. But like, whatever. Um, right. Like, Walking Wake looks like shiny Suicune. It's got the colors of it. Yeah, but uh, Iron Leaves looks like every other Iron Paradox Pokemon. Which, to be fair, they all look really cool. I think they all have that like the little like dot pattern that's like floating, like moving on them all the time. Mm -hmm. Looks pretty aesthetic, in my opinion. Yeah. What do you think about these Pokemon? What do you guys think are gonna like? Do you think they're gonna be viable? Do you think they're gonna be Usable, threatening, because they kind of both get checked by Iron Bundle, honestly. I mean, what doesn't get checked by Iron Bundle and Fluttermane? I mean, they both get checked by both of them. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to hold them back a ton. Yeah, because for those that don't know, Walking Wake is Water Dragon, and Iron Leaves is Psychic Grass. Uh, grass Psychic, of course, being not a very noteworthy typing when it comes to Pokemon because it doesn't have that four times weakness to Bug. And then, of course, with Water Dragon having that four times weakness to Freeze Dry specifically. But I do kind of like the the stats on these. I mean, with Walking Wake, the notable ones, 99 with HP, which is pretty good. It's... Defense and special defense at 91 and 83. And then special attack is 125 and speed at 109. So Malsword, of course, is going to be faster than it, but 109 speed, once you get over 100 and you're outspeeding Garchomp, you're outspeeding Sandy Shocks, I mean, there might be something there. And then Iron Leaves, 90 HP, 88 in defense, and 108 special defense, which is pretty high, sitting at 128 basically without having to invest in anything at all. 130 attack and 104 in speed. So not as fast, but 130 base attack is a great starting point for something that does give, you know, stab grass and stab psychic. But I think the big thing though is Walking Wake's signature move in Hydro Steam. 80 base power, which, you know, that's good. 100% accuracy, which is fantastic. So you finally get a stab water attack that does not miss but the best part is it gets a 50 percent boost in sun so like there's no sun nerf like you would normally have with every other water attack but it gets boosted by it so it can fit on a sun team it can fit on a rain team because it also comes with flamethrower too i think walking wake is going to be really really good you just have to you know support it well yeah, I think that move is so cool. I'm so excited to see how it works. Um, mm -hmm. I think dual weather teams are really cool. I know they're not historically super successful, but it'll be really cool to see this thing succeed in both rain and sun. Yeah. There were some like dual weather teams in series 12 that did top somehow. 
like Groudon and Kyogre. Yes. And uh, I think the flavor of both of these Mons is really cool, how it has a water move that's boosted in sun, and it has leaves has a psychic move that's boosted in electric, which means they also work in their normal weather and terrains. They're getting a little creative with that. Also, I think it's kind of funny that they took away Scald just to bring it back as Scald, but worse. But now we're happy to have it. That's all it takes, honestly. It's like we don't we don't need Hydro Pump. We don't we don't need the high special attack or damage on a special water attack. We just want something that doesn't miss. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, it's also a pretty cool point about how it works with their respective Paradox Mons, but it's also interesting because it works with like the counter effect to the Paradox Mons, like. Walking Wake works in rain or sun, and uh, what other stupid one it's called? Iron Leaves works in psychic <laughs> terrain or electric terrain. And it's yeah. kind of able to do both pretty well. Good point. Good point. As Amlo pointed out, Iron Leaves works in every terrain in a way. So if you're ready for a quad terrain team, your moment is now. <laughs> That's a good point. That's true. Yeah, because it get the, the boosted grass attacks yeah that is neat all right maybe there's something there we'll see again they're not legal yet so villager teams they are on pokemon showdown with their stats and their moves and whatnot so you can tinker around and they are available to be able to use on the casual ladder but not on the on not on the competitive ladder just yet yeah i'm hoping that we get a meta or a series where they're legal but not like restricted so we don't have to like only get them with the restricted metas because it seems like they're made to go with the box cover lizards but it would be nice to mess with them without the legendary level pokemon too yeah except iron leaves is going to see no play without its uh, matching lizard <laughs> yeah maybe we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens i mean there aren't many bug types there's volcarona and uh, scizor and slitherwing of course <laughs> Never heard of it. But yes, um, so we'll see how that how that all plays out. Maybe something that does pop up here in a tournament that we'll be talking about um, in just a bit. But just to sort of, sort of circle back something that was mentioned with regards to Hisui and Zoroark, uh, Pokemon Home compatibility was referenced in the Pokemon Presents. However, the specific date as to when that compatibility will launch was not confirmed. But... It was stated to be early 2023. So maybe it's something that we see, I don't know, mid-March. Maybe it comes in April. That'd be cool. Maybe it's, you know, May or June. We'll certainly see what happens. We'll cover this in greater detail once it happens. And we have a full confirmation on what exactly all of those Pokemon Home compatible Pokemon are. I understand that some of them have already been identified, but we just want to wait to see on what happens next. So let's go back to you, Thrill, for this next one about a the first online competition for Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, they just announced this during Pokemon Day. It's called the Paldea Prologue, and it's a double battles competition that you can use the entire Paldea Pokedex, including one special Pokemon, such as Maridon or Coridon. So this is the first time to really test these box art legendaries. Registration is open now. It's open until March 9th, and then the battles for that actual competition will run throughout that weekend so march 10th through march 12th this doesn't count for anything official there's no like championship points awarded for this or anything you do get in-game league points so like money so that's nice i guess 
but think of it more as just like a fun thing to mess around with and get a chance to try the box art legendaries for the first time yeah it should be interesting i am not one who enjoys a restricted meta or at least i didn't in sword and shield but maybe this little weekend will be a sneak peek into what could be coming with the gs cup as some people refer to it as or basically a restricted meta where you can use those box art legendary pokemon it'll be interesting to see which one gets more usage or what the teams look like so i'm definitely curious and i'm going to be if nothing else at least checking it out to see what the statistics on it are i don't know yet if i will be playing in it what about you spicer um yeah so i got my money on maridon because it's um ability brings in an effect that boosts its stab where Karidon doesn't so it's the best anyway <laughs> ladder tournaments are back but are not back because they don't work um hopefully they fix it st- soon but um it would be nice uh, as an uh, alternative to organizing full online tournament um so Typical of what we expect these days from Pokemon is that uh, we get a thing and it doesn't work, but eventually, it, hopefully it works. Yeah, that would be nice. And so a ladder tournament is something that was very popular in the Sword and Shield era. And it's basically you go into, I believe it's friendly competition um, in the ranked battle menu, and you're able to input a code, you register, and then you basically, instead of playing against the entire population of people in the master ball tier or ultra ball or great ball tier whatever you know what have you instead you're actually playing against a select number of people that are also registered for the same tournament so it's a way to have like a closed team sheet best of one with a bunch of people and then you just battle it out to see at the end of it who is rank one so it's kind of neat it's um it's a neat little thing that content creators or communities, Discord communities, such as ourselves, could put on. So hopefully it gets fixed here relatively soon. It was doing some weird things where it was crashing people's systems, or it was like you create the Pokemon, you sign up, you have the the team ready, and then it locks them into a box and then you couldn't use them and you had to like restart your switch. It was a it was a mess. Um, It's a cool idea and I hope they fix it. But to your point, Spicer, of course, it was broken the first day. Okay, this uh, next one here, Will, uh, let's talk about that ladder. So by the time you're going to be listed, this season four will be live. Um, it's the same rule set as season three. They're both part of series two, but the ladder resets. Uh, you get moved down a rank or two, depending on where you got last season, and it's time to start climbing the ladder again. Season four runs through the end of March. We don't know what will happen after that. Presumably, we'll get a new series with a new set of rules that hasn't been announced yet. Hopefully, in the next two weeks or so, by mid-March, we'll have an idea of what's going on. But for now, uh, back out of the game. Same thing that we just did for a month. Yeah, and I think I'm okay with that because I'm kind of enjoying this meta. I think that it's developed and evolved quite a bit. So we'll see what the next couple of weeks bring. What about you, Spicer? What are your thoughts on repeating this this meta again for another another month you're gonna you're gonna ladder yeah I'll, I'll try to hopefully i'll have more time this next month for it um i don't mind it i feel like i'm happy that we have time to do series two again 
it would have been a cool if we had maybe one more month of series one, mm-hmm. considering that we got more time for this one. But it's a fun meta. I have no problem with it going on still. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, that was what people are saying. I'm sorry, go ahead, Will. I think it was the same amount of time. I think it was two months for each. I think there are a lot of people who want more time for both of them and think it should be longer to let them develop, but they seem to be sticking at two months per series. Oh, was it? I think the the reason that it felt shorter was because they announced the rule set of series two, like only five weeks into series one. And so people just stopped playing series one. And so all of the tournaments that people were hosting offline or like grassroots style were like, use the Paradox Pokemon. So it feels like it's been longer. At least that's my perception. Oh, yeah okay. and also they like dropped their rules for series one like a week not even a week like three days before the ladder started so there mm-hmm. was like no prep ahead of time and then yeah. kind of got cut short for what you said so it felt short yeah wow yeah i can say it did because i didn't even realize it was the same amount of time yeah yeah so yeah we'll we'll see what happens we'll see if we do if we do get a new rule set you know series three somewhere in in march of course we'll cover it as it gets released but as of now it's uh, the Paradox Pokemon that you've been using thus far, along with all of the others, and uh, that's what's going to be. So this last piece of news here is just a recap of the Knoxville and Bochum Regionals. They did conclude over the weekend. It's honestly kind of cool, just as a side note, to have two regionals happening on the same weekend. Um, one in you know North America, the other in Europe. Marcus Statter won in Bochum. A very established, great player of VGC with a long history of performing extremely well. And the Knoxville Regional was won by Justin Tang. Justin was playing in their first ever regional event, which is incredible to go into your first regional and then win. Um, I think also GSOC did the same exact thing, which is just it's amazing that VGC has reached that point where people have are playing in all corners of, of the country, of the world, and once they are finally able to go to a regional, they're performing extremely well. So this means, guys, that when we go to our first ones, you know, or like our next ones, we have to win, right? Only one of you and I can win our first regional. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but hopefully one of us can. <laughs> true, true. If we could both go to the same one, we'll just have a a gentleman's handshake and uh we'll say all right we'll you know play the finals out but this was i don't know i i was going to agree to play to a draw what do you mean play the finals out? Yeah. oh no. play to play to play draw yeah that's fine oh uh, now i'm worried that you're not going to stick to the agreement can you id in finals i don't even know well, we're going to find out <laughs> they're like the first ever regional draw the gentleman's handshake the two winners that'd be cool. get a nice like rocky ending picture that'd be, that would play well in the northeast too yeah it's true uh, well cool that's that the is boy. that's true yeah uh, that is the news quite a bit of it a lot you know jam-packed into the presents and I'm very excited for the year ahead for Pokemon so let's jump over to the topic as we talk about Knoxville and Pokemon alright so let's jump into the recap for Knoxville and Pokemon We're going to cover some of the teams, the players, the Pokemon here in the top cut, top eight, what have you. 
really what jumps out to us and of course cover some of the predictions that we made on last episode and see how they really played out. So just starting off first with Knoxville regionals, the top eight was really fun to watch on stream. Of course, the players, Justin Tang, Aaron Clemens, Luca Paz, Nick Navarre, um, aka Nails, Wolfclick, Carson Comfer, Zachary Thornburg, and Justin Harris, all with pretty interesting teams, honestly. I'm a little upset that Carson didn't end up on stream considering they had a Flamigo. Like they had a they had a Dondozo Flamigo team, and they decided to not put that team on stream. I just can't believe it. And it wasn't even like the the Toxic Orb Tatsugiri Flamigo set to be able to copy those boosts. It was copying the boosts of like what? What is going on? Now it's using Parasong. I had the same question. You kill the Tatsugiri with Parasong before it goes into oh, those. Wow. Bags. Okay, I take it back. That is amazing. Um, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Parasong turn one and switch in, and then eventually Flamigo comes in. What? Wow. Okay, that's really cool. So you Parasong with the Fluttermane and the Tatsugiri, and then just like figure it out from there? Yeah, you need Fluttermane, Tatsugiri. Paris song, bring Dozo in before Tatsugiri actually perishes, wow. and then Fumiko comes in. What is this dude's Twitch and Twitter? I'm following. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Because I look at the team too, and I'm like, what are you copying? How are you getting this thing in? Right. Huh. Wow, that's really cool. So sort of going from the top down, Justin Tang had a cool team. Uh, Palafin wins another regional, as Spicer aptly put from last episode. What all the good players are using. And this seems to be the case here again. Iron Hands, Amoongus, Arcanine, Palafin, Fluttermane, and Gothitelle. So prevent the switching. Uh, you have redirection support. You have fake out. Tons of it. You have intimidate. And then Palafin and Fluttermane just do a ton of damage. And Swords Dance on the Iron Hands is really cool. It's not the full belly drum set, so you're not losing that HP, but with the safety goggles, you're able to stick around for a good amount and then just heal back with Drain Punch. Big Pinch Berry on the Arcanine with the Mago Berry. Another Paris Song option with the Fluttermane and, of course, with the, you know, the anti-switching from the Gothitelles able to help support that. A very cool set. Very, very bulky team. I'd be interested to see what some of the EVs are once they get released, but... It was, uh, it was pretty cool to see in action. The next team uh, that Justin faced off against was Aaron Clemens, and this was an NDD Armourouge team with some sun, but also on there is the very classic, or I guess, you know, Series 1 classic pairing of Garchomp and Murkrow for priority Tailwind with the Earthquake, of course, so... Um, Armor Rouge, Iron Hands, Garchomp, NDD, Torkoal, and Murkrow. Really cool team. You know, you have multiple pairs with NDD, Armor Rouge, and Murkrow, Garchomp. And then, of course, you have the rest of your Trick Room team with Torkoal and Iron Hands. And then you have your Fast Move with Murkrow and Garchomp. I like to see that kind of that kind of team. It's just, you know, it seems rather straightforward, but it's just a lot of good stuff. And it does pretty well. Armor Rouge, NDD. Again, with another nice showing in a popular regional. Do you guys have any yeah. thoughts on these top two teams? 
Um, I'm happy to see Dark Horse succeed. You guys know I have a bit of a soft spot for that bird. It had its moment of glory at the beginning of uh, Scarlet and Violet, where people were kind of discovering it as a prankster tailwind user, and then I think it fell off pretty drastically. It's cool to see it kind of come back up to the top. Yeah, I think it's fallen off because of Fluttermane, mostly, and Bundle. That's like the whole reason everything that was good in S1 has fallen, like Meowskarata. But uh, I think it's a really cool team, um, Mr. Aaron Clemens. He's got like the opposite ends of the spectrum with like the Tailwind and the uh, Trick Room. And uh, that's a pretty fun way to play. It's uh, cool that it works. Like it doesn't seem like anything else on the team besides Garchomp really appreciates the Tailwind. So that's awesome he went 12 and two. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what the EV spreads on some of these are. Like, I, I don't remember watching any of his games specifically, but I wonder if, like, Iron Hands had a little bit of speed or maybe Armourage did too to try and outspeed some things under Tailwind. That's cool. Yeah, probably, right? Yeah, I like that it's another tournament here after OCIC that we see uh, Garchomp kind of back up in the mix. It really fell off in Series 2 because Great Tusk was sort of just the dominant physical ground attacker, but Garchomp seems to be coming back a little bit because it's just got a different stat spread and that additional speed is maybe, you know, just very valuable for sure. Both teams I, I like have Haze, so they have that Dondozo answer. And of course, with Justin Tang's team, Covert Cloak on Amoongus, I think is a great call just because, you know, you can't salt cure it, you can't mm-hmm. fake it out and allows Amoongus to just do Amoongus things. And that Terra-type Dark, you know, if you ever want need to go to it, it's great for anti-prankster, for taunts and, and whatnot. So really foregoing need for a mental herb or Rocky Helmet or a Pinch Berry or something like that. And just saying, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be here. You're gonna do damage and no additional effects. I think that's a, a good way to play Amoongus. Yeah, it's also good to decide spam stuff with a Dark Terra-type. Definitely. Also here in the top eight, uh, we got we to gotta shout out Nails with their full Sun team. It is Great Tusk, Torkoal, Fluttermane, Lilligant, Dragonite, and King Gambit. The Lilligant, Torkoal, of course, the Lilicole lead is famous, or I guess for some people infamous, uh, with, with that speedy sleep powder and after you for some lightning fast eruptions from Torkoal. But then you got the, the Dragonite with the Terra type flying and the Terra Blast. The interesting thing on here, I think, is the Choice Scarf Great Tusk. Typically, you see it with like you know, Focus Sash or Life Orb or something. And then you just do the Terra type ground and you're just like, all right, with you know Tailwind, it'll be fast enough. But since this team doesn't have priority Tailwind or just Tailwind in general, Using that Choice Scarf can help to get you where you need to go speed-wise without that, that turn of setup. Yeah, it's a cool team. Um, I actually was just watching right before we started recording that Nails did a breakdown with Adi, who does really good YouTube breakdowns of lots of these teams. And he was kind of talking about his team building process for it. And he said he pretty much tried to make a meta call that's like, everyone's going fast, but actually Lilligant with Chlorophyll is even faster. And I can just nuke the fast things before they get a chance to hit me. He was pretty right. He got top four. Yeah. I mean, when you have something that is able to just, you know, destroy that iron bundle and also has Terra Ghost, which is nice for fake out as well. It's a, it's a really cool, really cool Pokemon. 
Uh, Spicer, is there a uh, team in the top eight or a Pokemon or a choice that you want to shout out? I mean, really, that guy with the Flamigo is the coolest guy I've ever met. <laughs> and I haven't even met him. I'm glad to see Wolf bringing Jugulus. Jugulus represent doing that booster tailwind stuff, which almost makes it like a priority tailwind. Like, if you want fast tailwind, you got Jugulus Moon, and then you got Tail Talonflame and Murkrow. So it's kind of like an alternate Talonflame Tusk he's got going on. And uh, Zachary Thornburg bringing the Masquerada back, which I thought was dead, but I guess not. With the skill swap, what is happening? I have to imagine that's for Dondozo, right? I guess so, but without unaware. Like, what are you doing? Even a psych up on Sylveon. Yeah, so I, that's another Dozo thing. So, yeah, so the way that it works is you skill swap away the unaware. Oh, the yeah. The same yeah. turn that you psych up. So then you're able to just, you know, destroy the Dondozo. Oh, he's got it on two different mons. I see what's going on now. Right. That is really cool. I normally no, see, like, the, see it with, like, mirror, but I, I see what they're doing now. It's like a, and then also on that team, they have their own Dondozo and Tatsugiri. So it's like they have their Dondozo answer, but then they also force you to have a Dondozo answer for them. He's even got a Fluttermane that doesn't have a ghost attack. So, wow. Yeah, it's cool. got Parasong. I wonder if he was doing the same Parasong Dozo things because he could even psych up next to his own Dozo. Oh, my God. That's that's it. Now I'm okay, saying that's really cool. He can even skill swap his own Dozo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's got Moonblast, Parastong, Icy Wind, and Protect. Icy Wind, of course, being that speed control there because they are also rocking a Choice Specs Goldengo. Um, Goldengo there with Make It Rain, Power Gem, Shadow Ball, and I think the spicy move slot there is Trick. We also saw Trick on Wolf Glick's Choice Specs Goldengo as well. Just another way for that disruption to really shut down either a physical attacker or a a bulky defensive mon that requires or relies on the ability to switch up his moves. But if you can just lock it into choice move, you know, it's shut down. I am impressed. Yeah, that is very cool. I do like the Iron Jugulus as well because you get the Stab Snarl, um, you get the Air Slash, Tailwind Protect. It, it's, a, it's an interesting way to use your booster energy, similar to some Roaring Moons maybe that we've seen in the past, or maybe more specifically some screen tails, where it's like, I'm not going to use my booster energy on something that I want to do damage, but something that maybe I want to be much more supportive, right? That you're just be like, I'm going to go faster. I'm going to help the rest of my team do what it wants. Yeah, I was running this exact jugulus with one of my little experimental things i was you know always doing weird stuff on showdown and i had this thing stare terra steel and uh snarl works great for your armadidi matches it's a solid mon it was underrated at first i'll say yeah i mean i won both of them because wolfie and marcus used the same team they team both together got top eight in both i think also another interesting move choice on wolf's team is the iron bundle with protect icy wind freeze dry in Encore, no water stab, so no hydro pump on there. But the Encore is really fits well onto this team because, again, it's all about the disruption. 
um, you're not missing. So you're not, you know, potentially wasting a turn. But if you're able to just lock a Pokemon into something, um, especially as a way to shut down Iron Hands, if you can guess or predict that they're going to use Fake Out on a given turn, and you can just lock them into that for the next three turns, they're essentially neutered and they can't do anything against you. Also, Flying Terra is a little interesting on that. That is true. Yeah, I guess that way you can be right next to the Great Tusk and they can click Earthquake and not have to worry about it. But cool, the the top eight I think was was really really well done. A lot of interesting teams on there. Gothitelle continues to be a very popular pick, which makes sense. I mean, if you can lock something in in this ter- uh, in this terrestrialization format, it's very good, especially if you don't get that lead correctly, or if you get you know some passive Pokemon on the field that you're able to shut down with uh, you know, Taunt or Encore or charm or something like that you're able to just set up in front of them and then just basically win the game yeah can't switch out you're still stuck being on cord exactly and uh it's also just a pretty bulky it's got great stats like besides just having shadow tag like check out gothitelle's stats it's like it's rocking like yeah and who doesn't want trick room and fake out yeah it's a great like trick room reverser even very true well, cool. The uh, so that's that's the Knoxville regionals. Looking through the rest of the top cut, um, this was also the the, the first uh, North American tournament that had the the day two cut, right? The day two Swiss. Uh, I think you're right. It seemed to go well. I mean, it, it was kind of neat to be able to watch you know, Swiss again on uh, that you know that Sunday before they went into the top cut and the you know finals and whatnot. Another Pokemon that I wanted to specifically mention that maybe it was just stream bias, but I don't know about you guys, but Serilege was everywhere. At least that's what it felt like. Scrolling through this this list here, I mean, um, it wasn't in the top eight, but it's at least dotting the top 64. And it makes sense. I mean, it's good into the meta right now with, you know, resisting fairy, priority shadow sneak, Something that Tony had called out earlier as uh, something that was popping up, and I think that is the case. Because it's a great, it's a great anti-Arcanine, because the set that I was seeing a lot was with clear amulet. So if you lead it and there's an Arcanine and Iron Hands there, it's also immune to Iron Hands and faster, you can get a free bulk up and then just bitter blade away. And mm-hmm. it's able to do a ton of damage, to have, have this great sustain. And then of course, if you give it the Grass Terra, or I was also see, seeing Steel Terra, Jeez. which is really cool. Um, still have that Flash Fire active, and you're able to have a lot more resistances. It's a very cool Pokemon, and it just looks sick, honestly. You know why it's meta right now, though? Because, because it's it, Fluttermane. Yes, it always comes back to Fluttermane. It's so weird. <laughs> it's like it bends and morphs and centers the meta. Yeah, I mean, to that, it was the highest used Paradox Pokemon by usage in the top eight, something that you specifically called out on the last episode. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so with that, let's cover some of these prediction payouts from last episode for Knoxville before we get into Pokem. Uh, so for the first one, how many Palafins in the top eight? The over-under was 1.5. The answer was two. I was correct on that it was on 
Justin Tang's, and Luca Paz's teams. Next was top Paradox Pokemon by usage of the top eight. Tony and I both said Iron Bundle, but the correct answer was Fluttermane, as Spicer correctly identified. Uh, Mouse ate teams in the top eight. The line was 1.5. All three of us took the under, and that is correct because the under was actually zero. There was not a single Mouse ate team. Uh, there were a couple Mouse, there was one Mouse hold in the top eight, but no Mouse ate pairs. Undozo teams in the top eight. This line was at a 2.5, so it's creeping up a little bit from where it was. Tony and Spicer both took the over. The answer was actually two, so it was just under. I was yeah. correct on that. Corviknight in the top eight, 1.5. I took the over. I was so hopeful that there was going to be some steel bird representation. Spicer and Tony both took the under. It was, in fact, zero. Uh, perhaps I <laughs> did not know what was going to happen with Corviknight, or I overestimated. Uh, last was Armit DD or the Armourous DD teams in the top eight. The line was 1.5. All of us took the over because it had been performing well. Uh, we don't get any bonus points for the fact that it came in second, as that was the only one. So the correct answer was the under. So Spicer, you and I tied with three correct. I think that's okay. Pretty well done, you know. Out of uh, I got more correct, I just want to let you out know. Of five. Know. Uh, sure picks or it didn't right. happen. Well, we'll have to we'll, I'll we'll send you check it right now. I'm not even changing them. One of them I got wrong. I'll leave it. You're gonna all right, all right. four out of five. Okay, okay. Well, cool. So yeah, if uh you know we'll go in and check to see who got those all correct for those that voted in the Discord. Uh, but let's now now go across the pond all the way over to Germany to talk about the Bochum regionals. The winner, of course, the uh is Marcus Statter or Stater, um, they had a team of Iron Hands, Great Tusk, Goldango, Iron Bundle, another Gothitelle, and Iron Jugulus. This one also with the booster energy. So it was Specs, Goldango, Leftovers on Gothitelle, Focus Sash, Iron Bundle, and Life Orb on the Great Tusk with Assault Vest, Iron Hands. Um, pretty straightforward team, it seems. Very cool. Interestingly, has Charm, just like the Gothitel on Wolfie's team, um, and I believe also on Justin Tang's team. So maybe there's something to that to drop that attack stat. Um, pretty cool team. It seems very balanced. I like it. Another another trick user with their specs Goldengo. So I think that that might be the play moving forward. Something to keep in mind at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it is just Wolfie's team. I think they use the exact same team. And oh, they build it together. That's true. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. That does make sense. Yeah. And there's freeze dry and I see my four. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we even got the flying bundle, which I don't think is going to be super common. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe Wolf copied this guy. Well, they split up continents, so that way you know there wasn't too much representation of it. Yeah. Wolf is willing to use a rental. There's no shame in anyone else doing it too. It's true. It's true. Are they using rentals? No, I don't think you can in in these in a tournament. I don't think. Gotcha. I'm trying to think of like what the charm is specifically for. Like I guess for hands and then for a lot of things if you have trick room up. Yeah, it's probably just for a lot because I mean when you have, although the terror type steel is interesting because I would yeah. think that this would be for like Great Tusk or something like that, but maybe that would suggest otherwise. But as long as you're right. not terroring, I suppose it's fine. Even for hands it suggests otherwise and psychic works against both of those. Yeah. So maybe you just don't terror in that in that respect. 
We're good. This yeah, is why we're not topping because we don't know why this is happening. <laughs> Over Dozo? Yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, but still, it's also weird for that one, right? I guess yeah. you just don't Terra, yeah. I guess it would depend on because with with open team sheet, you know what it is, right? If it doesn't have earthquake, then you're fine. Right. Well, and if you think of dozos as being dragon types, it makes sense. Yeah, because you're going to resist those order ups. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So Marcus defeated Alex Soto in the finals. Alex's team, another Armor Rouge NDD team coming in second. Um, they also had Annihilate. So their fir- the full team is King Gambit with safety goggles, charcoal, torque with no protect. It is eruption flamethrower, earth power, and the clear smog. Some do opt for protect or helping hand if they're going to drop the earth power, but it's in clear smog um, is the uh, is the th- is that third move that they're going with. Psychic Seed on NDD, Life Orb, Hatterene, Twisted Spoon on Armor Rouge, which is interesting, and Choice okay. Scarf, Final Gambit, Annihilate. So this is wow. a very hard trick routine. Um, yeah. Kind of a throwback. And also, as I'm sure everyone has noticed, no Paradox Pokemon, which that's a flex. I dig it. Also, no protects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't need them. Don't be a coward. You know? Yeah, just attack. attack. Mm-hmm. No, I like this team a lot. Um, I'm definitely a, uh, I like to I like to play Trick Room. I think it's fun. Um, but this is like, this is like super hard Trick Room. And I think the the, the King Gambit in there is is neat with you know, safety goggles, so you're able, that's your Amoongus answer in a way. The Armor Rouge set, Expanding Force, Armor Cannon, Wide Guard, Trick Room. Three Trick Room users on this team. Very cool. Very cool. A lot of different lead options. When you play Armor Rouge NDD, as I'm sure many have experienced, it's like lead roulette. You have no idea what they could do because they can do so much stuff. Yeah, it's brutal because you have your, you lead against them with your counter to the size spam stuff, and then you're just out of position because they didn't even bring that back in. Um, so going down the list, uh, we have another Dondozo team that came fourth um, by Victor Jimenez. Um, Aurelian Sula came in third. Uh, they had a Great Tusk, Mouse Hold, Volcarona, Iron Bundle, Goldengo, and Dragonite. Actually, Aurelian, Victor, Giuseppe, and Michael Kelsch all had Dragonite. So four of them in the top eight is pretty cool to see, I think. A little bit more mousehold representation here. It seemed as though the mousehold has really picked up in usage. And it was something that, that Will and I were talking prior to the recording. It's like people in VGC were using Clefairy for years because of friend guards specifically. And just acknowledging the fact and accepting that it wasn't going to be doing any damage realistically. Maybe it got Icy Wind. Maybe you gave it Dazzling Gleam just to pop a Focus Ash or something like that. But when you have the speed stat at 111 of Mousehold, plus some additional bulk, and then Super Fang or Beat Up, depending on what you need on your team to be able to do, with Redirection, with After You even, Encore, it's a fantastic Pokemon for support, and it's definitely seeing a lot more usage. We need a breaking news drop here. What happened? Series three rules were just announced. Oh shit! Uh, you want to read them off? What happened? Yeah, well, there's uh, the most important thing. is series three rules are you get to use the Runus Quartet. And it's oh wow! June thirtieth. Okay. 
Wait, it goes until June 30th? Yeah, April 1st through June 30th. So what is that? April, May, June, three months? We get an extra month for this one. Okay. All right. And um, also they're renaming it. It's now called Regulations. So this is not Series 3. It's Regulation C, which will hopefully be less confusing because of seasons are numbers and regulations are letters. Okay. Um, all right, let's let's pull up Serbi and see what this what this looks like. All right, so the banned Pokemon, Charizard, Quagsire, Hisuian, Zoroark, Greninja, Cinderace, Berserker, Walking Wake, and Iron Leaves are all still banned, along with Coridon and Miraidon. So yeah, the Ruinous Quartet are in Chen Pao, Chi Yu, Wo Chen. And Ting Lu, very exciting. We'll have to go live for a Wo Chen or a yeah, Wo Chen reaction on this one. <laughs> yeah, and what regionals does that cover? Good I'm question. Hit, uh, when did I say it's live? It's live April March 1st. 1st. Oh, yeah, sorry, April, April 1st. 1st. So that's, oh, that's probably not going to hit Fort Wayne. Indiana. No but way. Yeah. Fort Wayne regionals is April 1st and the 2nd. There's no way, right? There's no I shot. I don't think so, right? They can't do that. There's no shot. It will Man. hit Portland and Hartford, though, in case anyone's planning on going to either of those. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But for, oh, man, that's even worse than Orlando, just dropping series two. Okay. No, this is really exciting. I I like the original, the, 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 the Ruinous Quartet. It does shake, shake up things a lot, for sure. I have to go back and watch some old. Cybertron videos from three ranked series. See what's yeah, good. We're there again now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I feel like this is more important than uh, than Bokum. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> that's I take old it back. news. That's a breaking yeah, news. No, my, uh, my all the all the German friends out there. Uh, you know, we think your tournament's important. Okay, so that's that's really cool. Thank you for bringing that up. We'll have to talk about that at a at a later point, but you know, I'm sure that we're going to be seeing a lot of tournaments that are going to be popping up online, and uh, I'm sure that the new rule set will appear on Showdown here pretty soon for people to be able to get out there and test and develop new stuff. Uh, so, Spicer, um, what about the uh, the top eight in Bochum sticks out to you? Anything in particular or that you want to make note of? You could. Add this into my into the where my internet disconnected, but I just wanted to say earlier when I got disconnected that Protect is just like kind of wasting a trick room turn sometimes. Good point. Anyway, Bokum looks kind of more like Orlando did with the Dragonite and Mouse presence. Okay, does a lot of good stuff. We see a, a Garganacle in the top eight running the, the more standard, you know. Uh, Salt Cure, Recover, Wide Guard, Protect, Ghost, Terra. That was on Marco Silva's team. Then we have the you know, Talon Flame, Great Tusk pair on Michael Kelsch's team with also Tyranitar. There is only one Tyranitar in the top eight. I, li I like Tyranitar a lot. I think it's great for the meta. Agreed. Other than that, I mean, we see an Iron Moth and Fluttermane pair from Victor Jimenez. Um, but to your point, Spicer, I feel like this is a, I'm not going to say a standard looking top eight, but right. nothing really jumps out at me as to being like, why is it there? You know, maybe I mean, the Mimikyu on Marco Silva's team, but that's about it. Yeah. There's a, 
there's there's probably some neat sets, but there's no like like on non-meta mons in this top eight. Correct. Besides yeah. Jugulus. I think Jugulus is getting out there though, you know? Yeah, now it's meta. Mm, it's probably the least meta about but besides Mimikyu in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And even still, Mimikyu, I mean, won a regional, so it's not like it's not meta. And Mimikyu's always been good ever since it was released. Yeah, they, disguise is good. And and like they nerfed disguise and Mimikyu is still good. <laughs> For those that yeah. don't know, when you broke disguise in Gen 7, you didn't lose HP. So people could run focus sash on Mimikyu and get like you would break the disguise and then you could take another full HP hit and you would just go to focus sash again. It was ridiculous. Truly. Also exciting with Bokum, a member of the VGC Trainers School community, uh, was Swamp, my co-commissioner for our draft league, went and placed fourth in the senior division, rocking a non-paradox trick room team using, as he calls it, soft hands instead of iron hands using Hariyama with Armourouge, NDD, and some other flavor in there. So... Big congratulations to them. They got a little, little hacked out with some Thunder Punch paralysis, but that's the game we play. So they're looking to you know bounce back next regional that they want to go to. But I think Bokum was cool. Uh, it was a neat time slot. It was, it was cool to be able to just like wake up and watch it. I always like these you know, early time zone ones for, for, the, East, for the, the East Coast and for the United States. But yeah. I think that's about the extent of Bokum. Anything else you guys wanted to mention? Bokum these nuts. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to follow that. Now I'm good. <laughs> okay. Cool. I'm sorry. No, it was right there. It was right there the whole time. I can, I would think it whenever I would say it. <laughs> it. So I understand. I understand. So that is the episode for this week. Uh, we talked about, of course, Knoxville and Bochum, and we got to live announce series four, or I guess regulation C, I have to get used to saying that, regulation C rules the return of the Dark Legends. We'll be interested to see how that all plays out. So thank you both gentlemen very much for joining me. I do appreciate it. Uh, Spicer? You're welcome, and peace out. And Will? Yeah, thanks for having me. See you all on the ladder. All right, and I've been Jake as always. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Class dismissed.